And I'm Paul Jabroni, and this is the Engineering History Podcast. If you want to hear about where engineering and history collide, then you're at the right show. On today's very special episode, we have a friend of ours, Joe, who will be talking about... The BART, um, the Bay Area Rapid Transit System. Um, I'm a huge fan of public transit, so I think this is a cool topic to talk about. I'm... Not an expert. I just want to clarify. This is so an expert-free podcast. If, if there's any like serious train heads out there listening to this, they are going to eviscerate me. And, like, send, they're going to send me a mail bomb. But <laughs> I think I think if any serious experts of anything we've talked about listen to this, that that would a mail bomb would be the least of our problems. All right, fair yeah. enough. But uh, first, let's give you guys some background about about us. I'm a mechanical engineer uh, doing mostly manufacturing activities at an aerospace company. I'm a civil engineer focusing on water resources and water quality. I uh, I have no credibility in this area. <laughs> I uh, my, my basic credibility is I read the I, I rode the BART here today. Right. Yeah. Um, I brought my bicycle onto a BART uh, train. And sure. then I actually got on the wrong one first. And <laughs> then... I, I got on the right So one. what's your address for the mail bomb? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's 562. Uh, Are you an engineer? I am an engineer. Um, okay. Yeah, so I'm an engineer. I, I'm a manufacturing engineer. And, uh, you know, I, I like to uh, learn about the history of things because it's very interesting to see how it kind of went from, like, an art to a science over the years. It's um, crazy how it does that, yeah. 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 Well, today's alcohol will be Lagunitas IPA Lagunitas? Lagunitas Oh my Sorry. god It's the dyslexia It's on the fucking Lagunitas I have dyslexia I didn't see the I No but the, it's on there's like oh, a pronunciation yeah. guide No I'm too far away It's pretty small it's you tiny text You don't have text. to be mean to me Well clearly I do Alright anyways yeah Lagunitas Cheers Mm. I'm glad to be here for the downfall of the podcast. <laughs> uh, that that we risk that every single podcast. Yeah. All right. So um, yeah, how do you want to get started? I say we just jump right into it. Sure. Um, so Paul, Anna, uh, how often do you ride the Bart? Almost never. We were threatened with violence on the Bart one time, and that okay. kind of soured the whole experience. Yeah. Someone us. threatened to shoot us in the back of the head. Okay. Yeah. And yet they didn't. Curious. Um, well, they, it, was it was just a, a prank. Threat. It was just a prank, bro. Yeah, yeah. It was actually a marketing scheme because he then tried to sell his newspapers. Yeah. So, um, you are one of uh, somewhere around, uh, you know, 4.6 million people annually that, uh, or at least there's 4.6 million annual trips that are taken on the bar. Sure. And I would say that, you know, that's that doesn't happen every trip. Probably. We were told it's a rarity. Yeah. 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 So. And this was our. First, first day, time ever. Or not, not first day. First time ever in San Francisco using yeah. the BART. Yeah. Okay. So I'm I'm hoping my goal for this podcast would be to uh, change your perspective of the BART system. Okay. At least in a historical context. Um, I don't know how much I can do to repair <laughs> your reputation of it currently. You know, to 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 conquer your fear, you first need to understand your fear, don't you? That's my, a, that's my, a good point. My fear is being shot in the head. Um, Which he by said a he would do. Man. Yeah. Along with, I, and not to not to make it sound like we were singled out. Like it was a crowd of us that was told we were gonna be killed. Yeah. Through, uh, gun gun violence. 
I don't think he specifically said it was gun violence. I think he just said, like, if you don't give me your wallet and phone, I'm going to kill you. Well, yeah. and, and so the thing about that is, um, you know, if you're listening, guy that did that to Paul and I, <laughs> um, We're ch- very traumatized. <laughs> chill, bro. Um, here's their address so you can send an apology <laughs> note. Anyways. And a slash mailbox. Mail yeah. So uh, I, uh, I, I pulled a quote here from a geotechnical... Uh, consultants report um it was compiled by um uh jay rogers of geolith consultants at uc berkeley um it had some input from ralph peck who's a civil engineer at a company called geotechnics in albuquerque new mexico or at least they were in 2000 when that website um was last updated so was this was this done in 2000 or um I, it was just compiled in 2000 I, I don't know about the the source material there but this is just a quote about why i like the bard system um so it costing 1.4 billion dollars and employing more than 100 contractors the bart was the first urban mega project of the post world war ii era of the 75 miles of right-of-way constructed in the initial phase 20 miles were within tunnels or subways 24 were constructed at, at grade and 31 were built on suspended structures. Um, there's 30, there would, you know, there was originally 37 stations, but that's up to 50 now. Wow. Um, and the capacity for 30,000 seated passengers per hour per track, um, was in the original design. Jesus. Um, in addition, the state of California agreed to construct, you know, more freeway to accommodate BART and, uh, basically, uh, you know, the, the reason that I find this project so interesting, um, is that. It was like one of the first major non-car infrastructure projects of you know the nation's like modern history, um, and it was mostly funded by people from here. Um, so eighty percent of the Bart's cost came from like local funding sources, so not like federal grants right, or right. anything. So it's like the the people that lived here wanted it and then made it happen, um, and, and to me that's like really cool that like a, a group of people can just be like hey we want this giant infrastructure thing yeah let's let's make it happen do you think that's possible today no um <laughs> yeah i mean i like i hate to just say no flatly but um i think that you know for whatever reason i don't think there's just the the political will or the the courage yeah. yeah the courage i don't know yeah i mean you, i just you don't see projects like that happening at scale um which is sad to me so yeah. that's that's why i personally like the the bar right is because it's like this is you know um this was one of the first major projects but it's also like kind of one of the last major yeah. projects so it's like a really cool kind of um time capsule it's a cool time capsule of what you know like a, a city can do if you're um motivated to, to remove cars from the road. And that's right. like, that's a, a good and noble purpose, in my opinion. That's like a, you know... uh car... easier transport. Right? Yeah, cars cars bad. So um, you're, you're, bad. you're anti-car-centric infrastructure. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I've... The, the most illustrative photo that I've seen to kind of capture my sentiments on car culture is like, uh, you know, it's like a picture of a downtown area, and then there's just like these giant, like um cliff edges that just drop like a thousand feet this is like an artist's rendering sure, of course. Uh, but they drop like a thousand feet and then there's like a family walking on like a tiny sidewalk mm, um you right. know like right next to it and the point is that like 
everywhere that there's a road, there's just this giant unusable space that yeah. is off limits to pedestrians. And if you enter it, you're putting your life at risk. Yeah. Um, and it's most of the space right. <laughs> that you're, you ex- like that you exist in, in an urban area. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and so that's like a kind of ex- your experience would, would tell you that that's like a, a bad thing, but also just empirically owning cars fucking sucks. Sure. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. if you own a car, even like a shitty car, um, mm-hmm. over like a 50 year lifespan of, of ownership of that car, you spend something like, like $600,000 of like ownership mm-hmm. on, on that, like, you it's know, like... Honda Civic or something, uh, um, right. you know, just like gas and taxes to upkeep roads and, you know, like, um, maintenance, et cetera. And, and so like car ownership is like a, a kind of like a debt trap to just like, you know, damn. Uh, it, yeah. So basically this is a huge tangent to say that <laughs> I, I fucking lo- love public transit. Uh, so, trains rule, cars drool. Trains rule, trains rule, cars drool. Um, that was a, a super unstructured yeah. way to say that. This um, is a super unstructured. I do not have okay. a car. Nobody I, in this room has a, oh, you have a car. Well, I'm selling it. So at least let's say in the future, nobody in this room would own a car. Yeah. Am is, I a hypocrite? You're I a hypocrite for sure. No, I don't think so. I mean, I'm I'm looking into buying a car too because if you live in a system that is completely incompatible with car centric, yeah, I, it's just you have to do it if you want to. I, I like you know I could get by without a car, right? Um, but you know there there are lots of things that uh, quality of life things that a car just improves. It unlocks it, yeah. sure. Yeah, so you know I and to go on a bit of a tangent, but the, it's kind of related. Treasure Island, I think, is opening up condos. <laughs> Paul knows what I'm going to say. Treasure Island's opening mm-hmm. up condos. If you lived on Treasure Island, would you have to get a car, or do you think a bus would... Uh, what was it? Would a bus cut it. Would a bus cut it. <laughs> um, I think that there's... What? There's bike... There's bike lanes from Treasure Island to, to Oakland. Ci- oh, to Oakland. Okay. Yeah. yeah, and then. But uh, not to the city. Not to the city. Oh, and yeah. then, um, yeah. So if you if you relied on a bus route to get anywhere, aside Tough. from your like small island, that yeah. would suck. So I would say no. So uh, a bus wait. wouldn't cut it. What I would if, say a bus wouldn't cut it. What if you had, the so is the issue with car centric infrastructure putting aside the cost of ownership, to the individual. Could you solve some of the issues with car-centric infrastructure by just putting it either underground or on, like, giant, like, piles? You know what well, I mean? Well, yeah. So, I mean, that's... that's. Uh, I guess that's what people do. That's what people do. That's right. what the bar is, right? It's, <laughs> right? it's a series of cars that are connected to each other, traveling underneath the, right? the roadway or above. They could on, just call it, like, a train yeah, or something. Yeah, just call it, like, a train. <laughs> And the, the benefit of a train, right, is you get these economies of scale. So you have mm-hmm. one vehicle for every X million riders, whereas sure. your car drives you and some friends every once Sometimes in a while. A dog, so yeah. you need you need your own personal vehicle versus something that is like rigidly engineered and can right. carry you know thousands of passengers a day. Like there's there's something very beautiful about that from an engineering efficiency perspective. Definitely. Like you know there's uh, there there's a lot to be said about. Um, why trains are fucking sick. Well, um, we need to do more work to make trains dog-friendly. That's because, true. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, that's the main reason I would want a car right now is because we can't take River Raid. I'm, I'm going to make you feel terrible oh, later really? in this episode oh, yeah. because you're complaining about taking your dog on the ba- uh, on the BART, uh-huh. but um, there was a, a, a major movement um, led by, like, essentially one guy uh-huh. uh, to get 
uh, disabilities, uh, folks with disabilities, like right. access to the BART system. Oh. Uh, they, they were planning on making it not. Can we accessible. trade those out? Yeah, can we, can I we get dogs dead? <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Um, that's a hot I don't take. Want to look at someone in a wheelchair. That's, that's I'm a not, hot take. I don't endorse that statement. That I don't co-sign. Yeah, I don't co-sign that either. Oh God, are we gonna get a yep. mail bomb? Yeah, you're you're yes. gonna get a mail bomb uh, from the AARP. You're yeah. you're gonna get a mail bomb from the ADA folks. You uh, you don't have a mail bomb yet. I have a mail bomb from train heads. Yeah. Coming because I haven't started talking about trains yet. Sure. Yeah, I'm just kidding by the way. I don't, I think transportation I... <laughs> for everyone is very important. Folks, I thought Anna was serious. What? So, <laughs> Paul and Anna, not regular riders of the BART. Not regular. But there are millions of people that are your neighbors that use it constantly, and I think that's pretty fucking cool. Um, I used it to get here today, um, so I hopped on at MacArthur Station. Um, I hate that one. Yeah? yeah. Oh, I don't like, I feel dangerous. like that one's a little sketch. Yeah. Yeah. West Oakland, way better. Fair enough. Um, I hopped on MacArthur Station. I took a couple stops in Oakland before uh, traveling through the Trans Bay Tube, uh, which mm-hmm. goes 133 feet underneath the bay. Love it. Um, uh, it goes about 80 miles an hour uh, through the Trans Bay Tube. And then I popped out at Embarcadero. I took my bike off the, um, I took my bike off the subway. And, and then, that's it. We don't have to say anymore. And then I, and then I, and then I Went biked to... somewhere between zero and sixty minutes to, to get to, to where you live. Agreed. And that's it. And that's it. Um, you may have gone. You know, there was. Theoretically, an elevation change. There may have been, or it may have been down. Or it may have been down. That down is also an elevation change. Because elevation change, it's Didn't both. go specifically. Yeah. Doesn't mean it's up. So, um, thanks for revealing that. Yeah. That's all you need to know, folks. <laughs> so, that uh, mail bomb is closing. Yeah, I know. They're trying to triangulate. Trying to triangulate with the Trying to triangulate. Yeah. So, I, I think um, I, I think to get like you know real into the weeds, um, it's interesting to just go super far back. Just do um, it. So I want to go back to like 10,000 BC. Um, oh fuck yeah! And just talk about the folks that lived here prior to you know anyone else in sure. recorded history. Um, so the Ohlone people, uh, and I'm not exactly sure about the pre- pronunciation there, oh, but I believe it's, yeah. Uh, yeah. Google told me it was Ohlone, mm-hmm. Ohlone, um, and, and so that's what I'm going with. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, Native Americans, uh, and that's a, a kind of blanket term for a series of, of tribes that lived in the area and all spoke different languages and had discrete culture, but a single religion. Um, and, and so, you know, I'm not an expert on any of that, but for the most part, um, you know, my research showed that they lived in pretty much fixed villages, but they would, uh, you know, they were kind of hunter gatherers, um, traveling for, you know, uh, uh, occasional like seasonal hunting. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, you know, for the most part, they like had their house and then they like went to work and then they came back. Um, uh, and so in a similar way, um, it's basically been the same here for like, you know, 10,000 years, like, yeah, like, like 12, 12,000 12, years. years yeah. Um, and, and you know, so I'm, I'm not an expert in the, you know, the history from 10,000 BC up to like European contact, but sure. that is the most sensible place to kind of demark. So, um, then, you know, in the, the Bay area, um, the, the most notable kind of thing is, you know, uh, relevant to us at least is, uh, discovery by European. 
Um, and, and so these were Spanish uh, Franciscan missionaries. Yeah. No, I just I just listened to a podcast about this. Did you know they apparently they went by San Francisco like a bunch of times, but they didn't. Yeah, they were know. fucking lost, right? Yeah, they were lost, and they didn't know that San Francisco was real because the mountains kind of hid mm. the bay a little bit since uh-huh. it was a very small. Yeah. That mileage that had that opening, and they, and they, they were like looking for this perfect like ship settlement or whatever, mm-hmm. and they ended up at like, ha- not Half Moon Bay, some like a really not that great place. Mm-hmm. I, I think it was like Pacifica. Pa- oh, Pacifica. Yeah. yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Pacifica is, in my opinion, pretty good, and it holds the world's most beautiful Taco Bell cantina. Yeah, I'm oh. sure it does. Which at the time I'm sure was you know yes there. yeah there's a Taco Bell cantina yeah and that's years how ago. they knew that's how they knew it was there but what was there during that time was the Mission Dolores which you might be familiar with mm-hmm. as the you know the the oldest building in yep. San Francisco or the surviving building right next to a very good park mm-hmm. yeah um and, and so you know that was the site of a ton of cultural assimilation and probably really not so good stuff um so <laughs> I at the risk of being insensitive just gonna gloss right over that because it doesn't it doesn't relate to the park no sure. we really um, like to get into yeah, detail the, here gritty, yeah um and, and so at, at this point um at this point in you know kind of the the, the spanish contact area uh era at, at some point um the ownership of this area you know becomes uh like mexican uh, so mm-hmm. the mexican government takes over i didn't do enough research to know what year but um you know the the mexican-american war happens um and America says, "Hey, we own Mexico now. We're we're going to we're gonna take some of California." Right. Um, and so, you know, modern day, uh, it was called Alta California back then, but um, you know, now it's California. Um, they they got pretty much you know what you would recognize as like the 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 borders. Right. Um, and then um, yeah, the the then the most uh, notable thing that happens there, right, is uh the 49ers um so right. mexican-american war is 1846 yeah. to 1848 um and then like as soon as we get california it's like <laughs> fuck there's gold here and so people just like people just rush to the area um, okay okay but d- i feel like we had to have known right like some guy saw gold then he's like yeah let's, t- let's take this right yeah okay so there, there were um it, and this is getting into things that I only read like one time sure. as I was researching this. There yeah. were there were Americans that uh, you know like had U.S. Army outposts yeah. here to do surveying of the Bay Area. Yeah. Um, but it was still Mexican controlled territory. Sure. So probably at some point there was knowledge of what was going on geologically here. I'm, but, I'm, I'm reminded of the war for the Black Hills in like South Dakota where it was like, no, you guys can have this land. This is for Native Americans. Mm-hmm. The Native Americans go to the land. They go to visit them, and they're like. Oh, is that gold? Yeah. <laughs> and then it's like, remember how we said you could have this yeah. land? Like, we actually oh. want it back. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember saying that. <laughs> so basically, uh, 49ers come in. Um, this isn't a podcast about the 49ers, but you, you know it uh, as all of the fucking yokels that came from the other parts of the country and sure. even out of the country immigrants you know chasing the dream of getting super rich quick and ultimately the people that got really rich were the folks that were supplying the tools and the food and, and fueling that dream and and really not so much of the actual 
people that you know there were prospectors that did Is strike there a rich. metaphor for a Silicon Valley here. <laughs> it's, it's just funny that history repeats itself. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so you know, if you want, we can change this to a 49. No. Podcast. Yeah. I mean, we change it to a Catholic podcast. We did. We changed it every week. We could change it to a San Francisco 49ers football okay. team podcast. So we're we're nearing 20 minutes and we haven't even gotten near to the bar. No, no, we, we we set the groundwork. Okay, we're setting yeah. the groundwork. So. Um, Americans, American settlers do what they do best. They started to settle. Um, and so the, uh, know about that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, what? <laughs> wow. Um, so Oakland, Oakland began to be developed in, uh, 1851. Um, so three guys, uh, Horace, Edson, and Andrew, um, and they, and none of them, and they all have last names, but it's unimportant. Um, they began developing what's now downtown Oakland. Um, And so at this point, there were 75 to 100 people, uh, two hotels, a wharf, uh, two warehouses. Jack London Square. Which I originally read as whorehouses, but it was two warehouses. I'm sure that one pulled double duty at some point. (laughs) I bet. Um, And then there were like cattle trails and stuff. Um, And then two years later, the city of Oakland became officially incorporated. um, And that guy, Horace, from the, you know, sentence prior to this, uh, became the mayor of Oakland, uh, first one. So why was it called Oakland? We were just talking about this. Yeah, we're curious. I did not research that, and I oh. do not know the answer. You know, you need we to were get on the, the ferry. Out. Yeah, <laughs> we were just looking at Oakland today. We were on the ferry, kind of coming back to the city, and we mm-hmm. were like, Dude, I don't see one oak tree. I mean, know? it is it is notable that it's like one of the only uh, kind of English, you know, names for yeah. a town around here, right? I mean, San yeah. Francisco. San Jose, Santa Cruz, uh, yeah, LA, it, it, and, San and then right, and then you've got a place like Oakland, and Oakland. it's like yeah. so Oakland. That's it, it's it's clear that that's like an American settlement yeah. that yeah. really wasn't anything before the gold rush. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> Some guys just plot down there, um, and, and yeah, so Oakland becomes kind of like a shipping hub and a, a base of operations for a lot of the 49ers stuff, um, and it's in this point that uh, you know. For about the next four decades, um, there are lots of people coming into this area, and they all have to get around. Um, you know, so there's a, a developing downtown network, um, and, and basically the the kind of state of transportation at this point is um, what you would expect. It's mostly like um, horse carriages that are not tracked at all, so an incredibly bumpy ride. Like imagine, you know. Um, sitting on top of like a washing machine with a cement block inside of it like sure. like that level of comfort just through mud streets sounds and, ideal yeah and so like if you're like super rich that's what you get you get the right. shittiest ride right. of your life. Yeah. it's it's also the best ride of your life yeah. but it's like incredibly uncomfortable that's what know, i love about standard. like technology is that like modern day us like you know even the most poor people will mm-hmm. still get better than that yeah you know? exactly but there was like a car recently that came out where there, it was so quiet inside the car, it actually made people nauseous. And they really? had to simulate, like, car noises That's or so something weird. like that so people wouldn't get nauseous. I did hear something similar about that, kind of about, like, how a lot of the electric vehicles, obviously, they won't run an engine, you yeah. know? And so people won't hear them coming, and they'll, like, hit people, uh, you know? Interesting. But, oh, like those videos inside. of the Teslas absolutely decking toddlers? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What? Oh, that's a, that's a great that's a great video that Tesla is actively trying to get removed from the internet, but oh. so it's a video of Teslas just plowing into, <laughs> plowing into mannequins of toddlers, and then it's 
great video. But anyways. Uh, wait, wait, before we get off the plowing into toddlers thing, mm. there's a security company that's um, very close to uh, one of, uh, let's say, a place where I work, and then sort of close to it, there's a company that makes robots that do security. Mm. Sort of sentry bots. And, um, and for a while, they had the same problem where they had factored in adult humans to avoid... But then toddlers, they didn't factor that oh, in. So no. there was this one time, the real toddler, they hit the toddler, and then it didn't know to stop, so it just ran over this kid's legs and just snapped him like twigs. Oh, and this kid was on, like, oh, crutches, and it was a whole thing. Oh, Talk about things they tried oh, to baby. remove from yeah. Yikes. <laughs> That kind of thing. So anyways. <laughs> I bet the kid deserved it. Though. The kid uh, probably was the fucking kid, with the robot, The kid probably right? deserved it. Yeah. Uh, so the city, under the, uh, under the leadership of... Um, Horace Carpenter for exactly one year, um, who then got embroiled in a scandal and had to leave. <laughs> for what? Um, you know, I didn't read into what the scandal was, but I assume it was either embezzling money, being with loose women, or something, <laughs> something about, you know. Whoa, that just sounds like women? I yeah. Just, Excuse me? Like women of the night. Oh, right. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These um, whores? Whores. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah. Whores. The technical, the technical <laughs> um, I thought that was just table stakes back mm. in the day. Of Like, that was kind of the perks. So, Horace and all of the whores that lived in Oakland, <laughs> um, they, they drew in a lot of people between, um, you know, 1848 and you know, the 1870s, 1880s. And if I was good at this, I would have said exactly how many people they brought in, but I, you'll just have to take my word for it. More You're at five. least hitting the EHP standard. Couple people. <laughs> so um, in 1868, there were enough people in the growing environment to uh, justify constructing the uh, Oakland Long Wharf at Oakland Point, which is, um, you know, a major uh, like hub that boats would come to. And um, they would connect up to railroads, which had uh, already been developed by this point. So, you know, think about like 1840s-ish to like 1870s-ish. There's sure. like major railroad booms across the country. Right. Transcontinental, um, the tran- so transcontinental Railroad. Transcontinental Railroad um, is, you know, cho- uh, Oakland is chosen as like the terminus of the Transcontinental Railroad. Right. Um, and, and so, you know, there's there's a lot of... Uh, there's a lot of commerce happening and, and but you know the people that live there day to day um you know especially the well-off ones are getting around mo- mostly by horse car um and then at a certain point there you know is uh this innovation of uh, a horse that's on a track um and so you know you've, you've got you've got a rail that it, and, and just imagine like how much better that would be right. um you know like instead of sitting on top of a, a washing machine right, with a right. cement block inside it's like sitting on top of a washing machine with like a baseball inside you know sure. it's still not that no, no, that's ideal but yeah. it's better it's um, better than so is this a block. literal horse that they put on a track or is yeah. this an a- okay. um and that was referred to as animal traction um, animal as opposed traction. to electric traction which would come later um, mm-hmm. right but but this was this was referred to as animal traction that's and this, hilarious. Th- if you go across the country at this point roughly like the 1860s or so um you know anywhere that's not being served by like a railroad um, you know, which is mainly for like long distance. There's some short hop stuff at this point, sure. but for the most part, um, short hop, uh, you know, trips are being, uh, completed by horse carriages. Um, these things called omnibuses. Jitneys is a word jitneys. that I've never heard. <laughs> Let's get some jitneys. Um, <laughs> 
a jitney is just like <laughs> it's basically between a car and a bus uh, but uh, it's just like a short trip <laughs> that, uh, it's, it's like a shuttle bus uh, yeah it's just like it's like a small bus but uh, a jitney. Yeah, just going on a little bit it's so fun i feel so folksy what, i know it's so jitney so uh, a weird name. once once you get past the um the kind of horse carriage animal traction um, you start getting into like mechanical traction or steam traction which is uh, really interesting and it becomes uh you know cable cars uh so sweet th- this those. cable yeah. cars become constructed in kind of the latter half of the 19th century here um so you know we're, we're talking more like uh i think like 1880s or so to like uh you know 1900 is when most of this boom is happening in in oakland where um these cable cars are getting are getting created i think 1891 sure. is i think the first electric cable car um but i do want to take a moment to talk about like how uh uh cable car cable cars work here uh-huh. um do you know anything about cable cars? We have a few in the city. We've ridden a couple, and I know yeah. they do the spin thing when they, they do the spin line. thing. Yeah, they yeah. do the spin when thing. They, when they're at the end of the line. And, and I'm, isn't there like kind of a, a pumping mechanism almost, like that, like a physical kind of? So uh, is, that, is that not true? I'm not specific, like I, I'm not knowledgeable on the specifics of how San Francisco cable cars work, but mm-hmm. just generally on how how cable cars worked in this era. Um, they actually, you know, there there is not a motor on the the car. Um, there is uh, a cable that is being, you know, pulled. Uh, so you're yanking it. Yeah, you are you are yanking this thing. Wow. Um, you're yanking. How do they, so they break, they, and that just they is have enough the lever to, to break. But it. you still have so much tension, probably. So pull the lever. Pull the lever. So um, the lever. So the birth of the cable car um, happens kind of jointly in New York. Um, and in San Francisco, um, and, and when I say birth, it's not like it was invented here. Like lots of people were thinking about how to move things around at this sure. point. Um, mm-hmm. it was a very common technique to move shit around at coal mines and stuff was to yeah. just like use a cable mm-hmm. and like an inclined plane to, you know, kind of lift a cart up and then let it fall. Um, and, and so the cable car becomes pretty popular around here. Um, the Andrew Smith Halliday, uh, he tested the first cable car at four o'clock in the morning on August 2nd, 1873 on San Francisco's Clay Street. Um, so that that's the first cable car in the city. Um, it's still there, I think. There's still it, a cable car on Clay Street. There is, actually, yeah. I, I have no idea about the, the specific lineage of, like, whether or not there was, like, a technology update or whatever. Oh, I'm sure there was. Well, so yeah. his, his idea uh, originally was a steam engine powered <laughs> cable driven rail system um and he saw a bunch of horses being whipped while they like struggled to get up wet cobblestones oh. and he was like i bet there's a better way to do this yeah um, god bless this yeah. guy so he was PETA before PETA became he was Peter. yeah, yeah. yeah. Peter back when PETA was good yeah. um, <laughs> conveniently this guy's dad had invented and patented like wire rope um, that's useful. Which, if you think about it, like, that's like patenting nails. Like, yep. it's just, like, yeah. such a fucking... Yeah. It's <laughs> just, yeah. like, a ubiquitous engineering yeah. thing. Yeah. So this guy basically invented, like, some cool shit. <laughs> um, and, and so his son was like, oh, I bet I could use my dad's invention to move people around and stuff. Typical kind of rich, spoiled kid. Like, he's grabbing his dad's coattails. So, what does he think he is? So he, he helped a lot of horsies. Fuck this guy. He helped some horsies. But he, he, he entered into a partnership. He formed the Clay Street Hill Railroad, and he began the construction of the cable line in, like, May of 1873. Um, and 
the contract stated that he had to open the the rail line uh, by August first, um, and it was launched on August second, oh. which is like honestly, oh, that's so that's fucking, amazing. that's so cool, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> I like I do not hear of projects being completed on time that never, frequently, yeah. never. especially not in eighteen seventy three, right? Like no, the mail, yeah. it would take like a month for the fucking mail to get across the country. You know yeah. what? We just did Golden Gate Bridge, and that was completed ahead of schedule. It's yeah. like nuts. What? Why don't we do that anymore? I was ever to say, what a loser. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's, One he's day, badass. Like, no, no, because it's like he totally could have finished on August 1st, but he's just like, no, fuck you. Yeah. It's August 2nd. So, um, Trevor, can you lay down? so yeah, the first, the first cable car that's in the Bay Area happens in San Francisco in 1873. Um, and cable cars become pretty popular around the area. Um, sure. So Oakland, Emeryville, Berkeley, um, they all get their own cable car systems. And... Cool. You don't see them nope. now. Sure don't. There is a really fucking interesting story about why that happens, and I'll get into it like very broadly. Um, so to get into that story, you have to talk about the stepping stone between like cable cars and fucking horses on rails yeah. to uh, to the BART, which is you know it happens around like the 60s, 70s, um, mm-hmm. and, and and so the stepping stone between then is called the key system, or it's known colloquially as, as that, but um, it had a bunch of different names because of a bunch of you know drama and like fucking acquisitions and stuff like that, but broadly it was known as the key system. Um, so it was a consolidation of um, several streetcar lines throughout like the East Bay area. Um, they were assembled um, by this guy named Francis Marion Borax, in quotation marks, <laughs> Smith. Um, he, he, made, he made a fortune off of Borax. And, uh, and then he was like, I'm going to get into real estate and electric traction for streetcars. Oh, and, oh, <laughs> oh, 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 yes, so... Um, so he he's he's going long on public transit, um, and you know that's honestly a good Pretty position. Good deal, yeah. Um, so he incorporates uh, it, it, he he incorporates a company called the San Francisco, Oakland, and San Jose Railway uh, in 1902. They start a four car train carrying you know 250 passengers in Berkeley, um, and it, it has service to um, a ferry pier, uh, at which the ferry then takes the car to San Francisco. So is this um, the, the, like, San Marin ferry, like, before they had the Golden Gate? Like, I don't I don't know enough to answer that. We question. had talked about, like, when we did the Golden Gate episode, we talked about, like, at the time Golden Gate was built, like, San Francisco was still served primarily by the ferry, because, mm. like, if you wanted to get up to, like, Marin or anything, you, had, you still had to take the ferry. Well, that, there, the, the drama of why there's no BART to Marin will come later. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah, there's, the, yeah, there's, there's, there's tea. There's drama. There's tea, and I will spill it. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, basically, the reason it's called the key system is there's a map that, like, kind of looks like a key, but I couldn't really see it. Um, and, and so, <laughs> I feel like some guy was reaching. <laughs> there was a guy that was reaching. It's um, California. He was probably high. <laughs> absolutely high. So, so the key system had some, like, really interesting um, features to it. It. Uh, and and like tell me if you think this looks like a key because I, I don't really think it does. Um, I'm not even sure where the key is. Yeah. So like all of the dark black lines here are like. It See, that's what I'm saying, right? Like it, it doesn't look like a key. For, folks, for the folks listening, we're kind of looking at like kind of a spider web kind of. Uh, it kind of looks like if you're an electrical engineer, the Kirchhoff's law problems you get where there's like a million kind of branching things going to one central node i would say it looks very key like so the the thing about the key system is that it's a bunch of cable car uh lines that are connected an electric cable car um 
and uh, they connect to uh, this causeway. Uh, so like a, I think, I think it was like three miles or something like that. Uh, it, it, I, I don't know the, the stat off the top of my head, but it was a long causeway that extended towards Yerba Buena. Um, mm-hmm. And basically the, the, uh, the cars would get out to the end of the ferry, uh, or out to the end of the causeway. A ferry would like either pick up the passengers or pick up the car. I don't think the car got picked up. That wouldn't make a lot of sense. So I'm assuming the passengers just got sure. sent to, you know, the bay. Um, and then, you know, they resumed service wherever they were in San Francisco. Sure. Um, so that's like the first kind of trans bay transit that happens like in I mean, the by area. Tech, by, by definition, it's, it's going across the bay. Yeah. And, and it's, it's the first trans bay that's like, you know, incorporated into like a rapid transit system. Um, and so there are a bunch of name changes, uh, but eventually in 1923, it gets reorganized um, into the Key System Transit Company. Um, and and not, not all of the trains are electric. Um, some of them are like steam traction, um, but, you know, for, for the most part, they're, they're electric traction. Um, they actually had steam traction engines um, to, if there were power outages, uh, they would use those to... Hmm. As like, the backup system? Yeah, they would use them as the backup system. Probably because they didn't have a lot of horses readily available, but right. yeah, maybe. they were sleeping. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> seriously. Right time. Um, so, uh, the uh, you know the 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 basic gist here is that from about 1900 to uh, 1958, there is a kind of mishmash of operating uh, rapid transit companies that exist in the Bay Area. Um, and, and none of them are super like unified. It, it's, uh, there's it, no clipper. Well, no, there's no clipper at this point. Um, they, they do, they do get what? like the, the, the most prominent one is the key system, but there's also other operating like small hop rail lines. Uh, sure. and, and you know, there, there are still jitneys that operate like small little buses. Oh, jitneys! <laughs> um, and, and you know, so there's, there's kind of this like interim, uh, uh public transit system that, doesn't have the nearly the coverage that it, it does today, but um, you know was sufficient for the people of the time, basically. Okay. Um, you know, you hop on the, the trolley car um, and you get to where you need to go. Do you have any sense of like how many people this is serving at this point? You know, I wish I did for you. Um, I that would be a good stat, but at my my guess is that you know uh, it, it's probably probably more ridership than. Um, people of the BART today, and this is just a guess. Um, beca- More ridership than the BART. I, I would guess so, right? Because uh, at this point, you know, cars aren't super prevalent, right? Sure. So, like, if you're not living exactly where you're going to work, um, right. this seems like a good way to get around. The fares were incredibly cheap for the time. It was huh. something uh, something like five cents, which I don't know what that equates to sure in today, the, the, yeah. the price of the time, but I think that's pretty comparable to like what a BART ride is now. Yeah. Um, yeah. if you accounted for inflation. Actually fuck it. Why we have the internet. Five yeah. five cents, nineteen twenty three money. Let's see what we got to twenty twenty two. Yeah. Um okay. So it's eighty six dollars. Uh, wow. <laughs> so Whoa <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know the specific details about ridership. <laughs> we, I, you know what? Sounds like they were making money. Cut it out. Cut it out <laughs> of the podcast. Um, <laughs> no, we don't actually have to. Um, Paul, we'll make a note. Paul's written the timestamp to cut this out of the podcast. Um, oh, God. I think we should leave it in for color. But um, we, We've often said, like, you'll if you listen to a lot of our past episodes, mm-hmm. we'll be like, okay, yeah, and cut that out there. But it remains in. Okay. Shit, speaking of, I just realized... I have a mint from the restaurant. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much. 
I'm going to save this for after I'm done talking. Also, um, do you want your beer? I should finish this one. Oh, okay. That's yeah. fair. That's I, a yes. Damn it. I mean, yes. Caring <laughs> is caring. So, anyway. <laughs> if we're ever going to get to the bar, we got to start moving here. But there's start, something really... Start a rapid transit oh, towards the bar. Oh, <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> um, so, I, I, think, I think I would be doing a disservice to not tell you about the National City Lines era. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, yeah, definitely. So, there's a conglomerate called National City Lines that uh, very quietly acquired 64% of the stock in the key system, um, which you will note is a majority. (laughs) Oh, it's more than 50%. Yeah, and so um, basically this was really sneaky shit by... General Motors, Firestone oh. Tire, and Phillips Petroleum. The, the um, old rogues gallery. Yeah. Um, so a, a guy named E.J. Quimby uh, hand-published a document and exposed the ownership of National City Lines uh, to, quote, the mayors, the city manager, the city transit engineer, the members of the... Com- oh, sorry, I should read this in the old-timey voice. The members of the Committee on Mass Transportation <laughs> and Taxpayers and the riding citizens of your community... We are the same people, aren't we? <laughs> so, yeah, we, we do this whole voice okay. totally in parallel. Nice. Um, so in it, he wrote, "This is an this is an urgent. No, I'm not going to do it. This is an urgent. This is an urgent warning to each and every one of you that there is a careful and deliberately planned um, campaign to swindle you out of your most important and valuable public utilities, your electric railway system. This guy's not fucking around. And Swindled, they did. Um, so, <laughs> Let's go. So, in 1933, the uh, the Bay Bridge is opened, um, which is really close to the Golden Gate, I think, right? Sure is. Yeah. I think it opened like six months before the Golden yeah. Gate. Um, yeah. And, and so, the East Bay Bridge um, actually has key system trains uh, running on the bottom, um, the the bottom level of the the bridge. Uh, which is now it's eastbound traffic, um, car yeah. traffic, mm-hmm. and the top is westbound traffic. But at the time it was. But at the time it was the top deck was two-way car traffic, and Ooh. the bottom deck was key system trains that enabled East Bay citizens to travel to San Francisco. But now, so was this? Because uh, I and this could be totally wrong, but I mm-hmm. heard that it used to be that the Bay Bridge only went to Treasure Island. That doesn't make sense to me now, given this information, because it's like, wouldn't it, it would have had to go past Treasure Right, right, right. So, I, I don't know the specific history of the Bay Bridge, but I, I'm pretty sure in 1933, that's when there was access to... That's when it linked up. Uh, you'd have to research that. Sure. We'd have to <laughs> yeah. do an, an episode on it. Might have sure. to do a Bay yeah. Bridge. I mean, we've done the other Great Bridge in the Bay Area. My, yeah. my understanding is that at this point in history, there are trains leaving Oakland and going to San Francisco via the Bay Bridge in, in 1933. Um, I feel like that would have to go the whole way. Yeah, yeah, whole way. Definitely the whole way. Um, and, and so the, uh, the insidious plot by this National City Lines um, conglomerate here... They, they basically slowly make it fucking insufferable to use the key oh, system. great. Because if you think about it, General Motors, um, Firestone Tire, and Phillips Petroleum. What every, all these folks have in common? Every <laughs> single person that is spending five cents or, you know, however much money it was during the day, we'll never know. Um, right. Uh, every single person that is, like, depositing that into the till is just, like stealing money from right, like the, right. the corporate 
car centric. Yeah, so that's brutal. So basically, uh, these these companies just do this silent takeover. They make it suck to use this system. Um, so some some of the things that they do here are. Uh, um, they formed a transportation monopoly, uh, basically conspiring to monopolize sales of buses and supplies. Um, they uh, proposed a, a plan to convert all of the streetcars to buses. So all of these, like, electric, like, oh, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, just, like, you know, stationary systems, they're like, these should have tires and, and, and be petroleum <laughs> Run products. on petroleum. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, the, the electric the electric cable cars were already running on petroleum, you know, from... Uh, uh, I guess, yeah. Uh, one whatever electric generation, generation I'm, I'm assuming it, it, it's... But not point. tires? Actually, it probably is coal, if I had to guess. I bet it's coal. Coal plant? Yeah. Steam engine? I don't whatever. fucking know. Well, it's probably not petroleum. Give me that second beer. Uh, <laughs> were the tires different from... The, the, the cable cars won't use tires. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah so the right. cable cars, the cable cars were on rails. Uh, yeah, that's and right. And I think the difference between a cable car and a trolley car is that a trolley car has tires, and it just runs on the road. But I'm yeah. not a, I'm not a hundred on that. So literally everything, the <laughs> yeah. exact opposite of what Controlling these companies. States. Yeah. Wanted. So, <clears throat> um, they they uh the city councils in the area are all basically like, fuck that we built these electric <laughs> we built this electric cable car system because we wanted it and it's good and we should use it and the like uh auto uh petroleum industry folks are just like yeah yeah right like you don't, <laughs> like we would let that happen. like we would let that happen um so the the city councils of oakland berkeley and san leandro opposed the removal of streetcars um but the traffic planners uh that were you know in the pocket of this uh, conglomerate, sure. supported the removal of streetcar lines to facilitate movement of automobiles. Um, so local governments in the East Bay tried to purchase the key system to stop this from happening, but like when you're up against, you know, capitalism, capitalism's usually going to win. It's, um, yeah. it's it's archetypally represented by just a steamrolling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So all, all of the streetcars were converted to bus, or not not all of the streetcars. Uh, most of the streetcars were converted to buses during. 1948, um, and in 1949, General Motors and National City Lines were convicted of conspiring to monopolize <laughs> the, the sale of, of buses and related products, but here's the thing, it didn't fucking matter, because in 1946 to 1954, um, fa- Trans Bay fares increased from $0.20 cents, uh, to $0.50, cents, and this has $3 to $5 adjusted for inflation. Um, so, yeah, I feel like the eighty-six dollars thing was. Not I, real. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't I think that's think true. I was tripping. It probably thought I said five dollars. Probably, probably yeah. right. Yeah. That um, makes sense. And, and so, um, twenty cents to fifty cents, which is like when you double something that somebody has to spend every day on, and like working class people have to spend every yeah. day on. You know, <laughs> if transportation is ten percent of your income and you double it, and you're already spent, you know, like you're living paycheck to paycheck, and you're already accounted for on the rest of your bills. That's fucked. <laughs> so yeah. obviously fares are, uh, people are just like, you know, going to motorize. They're going to buy a car. They're going right. to um, use the buses that are cheaper, whatever. So ridership from 1946 was at a, uh, about 22 million um, and it dropped to uh, less than 10 million in 1952. Oh. So thanks, Christ. Big Petroleum. Hate to um, see you. We 19... love Big yeah. This guy's been fucking things up for so long. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so in on April 20th, uh, 1958, 420 baby. Let's um, go! <laughs> <laughs> uh, the um the last K 
cable car um, uh, or commuter train, uh, electric commuter train, crossed the Bay Bridge in 1958. Oh, and there's awesome. actually a, a nice little picture of that here, a uh, little oh, somber wow. moment. And what's pictured is uh, a, oh, wow. a single a single car on the the bottom deck of the Bay Bridge, um, and it's and it's. Uh, solemnly crossing its final destination it's trip. It's so pretty. And, you know what's kind of kind of crazy is is you know as someone who's you know we've all been on the bottom part mm-hmm. of the Bay Bridge. It's it's weird looking at that and seeing kind of that that yeah. car there. You know. Um. And and so. Two really. There's two really cool things about this photo. Um. So this kind of gives you perspective on what it would have been like to ride this yeah imagine riding a fucking train across the bay bridge and just looking out i know yeah Yeah. and and so you'll see here that there's a little window in the front of the train that actually looks down the tracks this is um a passenger seat and so when kids would ride this uh they they would sit in that um they would sit in that seat which is just like right in front of the open tracks and they would basically just be watching like you know, the, them barrel towards the future and this, oh, this like modern, man. modern yeah. transportation system. And like, think of how cool that must have been to be like a, a child and you're like, wow, my city has like the best transportation and, and mm. I'm, I'm traveling across the Bay Bridge. And then some oil companies just like, fuck you, kid, <laughs> fuck them, kids. Profit time. <laughs> so. Um, that's that's pretty much the end of the key system. Yeah. Um, River's some... very disturbed by this. You can tell. <laughs> there there are some remnants of uh, of the key system and and the um and the work that happened to enable that. So um there if you're going through the um the eastbound uh, side of the Bay Bridge um and you're going through the tunnel that connects the um, Treasure it. Island. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so there's there's the bridge that connects San Francisco and Treasure Island, and that has a name. I forget what it is. Um, and then isn't it all collectively the Bay Bridge? No. So what? the really? the the uh, from San Francisco to Yerba Buena, um, it has its own name. Um, and then the East Bay Bridge, like on the Oakland side, has no name. <laughs> so, oh, it has no name. Um, <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'm just I'm googling what the name is, but I don't know if I'm gonna find it. Um, it's just, what if it's just Bay Bridge? What, it, wasn't this a point of confusion for us when we first moved here? Because you said something, the Yerba Buena Bridge, wasn't it? And I thought you said you were talking about it, and then you were contrasting with the Bay Bridge, and then I was like, isn't that the same thing? And we got confused. No, I think it was the island. There was the, Oh, the island, okay. It's called Yerba Buena, but it's also called Treasure Island. Sure, yeah. No, two names, same thing. Yeah. But that is, I didn't know that it had... Like a name for Eastbound from yeah, I thought it was all one thing. Stylistically, the two sides are really different, you know. Oh yeah, they kind of are. Yeah. One side is kind of ugly. I hate to say it. It is a little yeah. It's like it's trying too hard to be the Golden Gate Bridge. (gasps) Oh, that's the side I like. Really. The other side sucks. It's like one big thing with a bunch of. I like that side. That side sucks. The the side that's like the Golden Gate Bridge is like yeah, it's like the Golden Gate Bridge, which means it's awesome. Okay, well you are wrong, sir. I I wish we could see eye to eye on this. The one the the non Golden Gatey side looks a lot like a bridge that was at Florida State University. I think it's gonna be another engineering history podcast pretty soon. But it was a giant bridge disaster that killed a bunch of people. So, <laughs> the bridge has two sections. This is Wikipedia. I don't know this off the top of my head. The older section, which goes from San Francisco to Yerba Buena, is known formally as, or officially as, the Willie L. Brown Jr. Bridge. Um, <laughs> named okay. named after former San Francisco mayor and California State Assembly Speaker 
Willie L. Brown Jr. Um, nice. And it connects downtown SF to Yerba Buena. And then the newer section is unnamed and people just call it the Bay Bridge and nobody knows that it has a different name. Um, Two different bridges. Personally, I think they should call it the Emperor Norton Bridge. Oh, Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, That's what's up. Yes. Um, Hell yeah. Uh, so uh, it sounds like you guys are familiar oh, with Emperor wow. Norton. We love Emperor Norton. We're like Emperor Norton's biggest fans. Yeah. So this will excite you because now we are primed and ready to talk about the BART. Let's um, go. Oh, and, yeah. and so the, the BART. Um, We're all lubed up. <laughs> all oily all oily I love that imagery so much okay, so, assholes are primed and ready to take this knowledge to take this dicking of, yes, of information yes exactly it's so explicit so, the US Army thought that the Bay Area was primed and ready and, and it had a, a, a adequately lubed asshole for um, a public transit system in 1947. Sure. Uh, but it wasn't. So there was a... It was going wrong. <laughs> it was too dry. So there was a, there was a survey by the US Army that basically um, it, it was, you know, it was done to assess the defensive posture of the, the Bay Area, blah, blah, blah. I like but, how you just turned into Curtis LeMay. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, unprovoked. <laughs> And so the the U.S. Army does the survey, basically says like, oh, there's going to be a fuck ton of people in this area and they're going to need less reliance on cars. And, you know, it, it's good to diversify your, sure. your transport for a populace because if, if there's a... Build anti-fragility in this. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and so there's this, this survey that gets a lot of traction, um, but nothing formally happens until 1951 when the Bay Area Rapid Transit Commission gets created Ooh, to study... Mark. Yes, um, they, they get created to study the long-term transportation needs of the Bay Area. Um, and so they start to do this kind of in-house, um, but they also start working with this New York-based engineering firm to um, come up with like a draft plan, basically just like like a concept study. Um, sure. Like, is this even worth, um, you know, start starting to talk to people um, and, and just try to, you know, assess if this is... Um, even like a possibility makes sense um and so the uh you know the the kind of the gist is like yeah we need this um you know the u.s army thought so the u.s army was basically like you need to you need to get more people into from the east bay to san francisco and vice versa and can i ask a question yeah if they hadn't removed uh the key system from the bay bridge or whatever it's called Right, the timing's really funny there, right? right because the, the the army says you need more throughput. Right. In 1947, which is like a year after yeah. Ford, uh, or sorry, General Motors, um, Firestone, and and this other company that I've. The petroleum. Yeah. Petroleum. Um, it, it it's a year after they start doing that. That timing <laughs> so, seems kind of. So yeah, it, it's yeah. sus. But um, the thing is that like even with the uh you know key system throughput you'd probably need something sure. um, else because you know there are more automobiles on the road um, in this time period so even when you make the bay bridge you know two ways uh, upper deck and lower deck car friendly um, and, and you know uh, you, you're still you're still going to need more throughput to get people back and forth makes sense um, so it, it's likely that this would have happened in any case um, now there's probably an argument that says like well you could have just retrofitted what was already there and made it stronger and made it sure. yeah, but Fucking, I didn't do any of that research, so I don't know. Sweet. So the Bay Area Rapid Transit Commission, they start 
putting this plan together. And by 1956, they've worked with this New York engineering firm. And they basically say, like, the most cost-effective way we're going to do this is if we put a fucking tube under the ground. Um, <laughs> sure. And if, if we do a trans-bay tube. Um, and they were not the first people to think this. Um, so you guys both laughed when you said Emperor, when I said Emperor Norton. Are, are you familiar oh. with how he ties into this story? No. Not with how he ties into this story. He ties into this story by a series of two proclamations. Um, so he, <laughs> Love it. At, at first, in... Uh, wait, wait, wait. Should we explain, who, just in case folks don't know who Emperor Norton is, should we explain who he is? He's just a traveler. He's an eccentric uh, man. Yeah. He's um, the emperor. Yeah. Um, I, go ahead. I don't even know where to I mean, I don't, I'm not an emperor nor an expert. Uh, I'm not either. It's, he's just an, an eccentric man that moved to SF and declared himself the emperor of San Francisco or of something. Of the United States. Of the United States. And the protectorate of Mexico. Yes. Yes. Um, and people loved him or something. Well, people listened to him. I mean, like, yeah. he would make proclamations and they would just happen. So, you know? yeah. the, yeah. Emperor Norton is a fucking sick individual. Um, and, and, and I mean that like he's cool, but also it, possibly mentally ill. Every yes, imaginable sense of Ill. the term sick. Um, so the first person to bring this like concept into the, you know, the the press of the day was Emperor Norton in a, in a proclamation addressed to um, the, the city council people of San Francisco, Oakland, um, and some other surrounding municipalities wow. where in may of 1872 he proclaims that there shall be uh, an there underground an underground <laughs> uh trans bay tube that connects uh that connects oakland to san francisco and oh, obviously no. this is fucking this is just like the most vaporware you can get in 1872 <laughs> like you can't get more right. vaporware in 1872 right he, he just makes a proclamation that and, and then uh and then nobody really acts on it for some reason uh unclear why um, i don't get why so <laughs> he makes a second proclamation in september of 1872 where he demands <laughs> he, he demands. demands he demands by the will of the people of san francisco Fuck yeah. that this project start and he, he threatened to arrest oakland and san francisco officials if, if they didn't make a trans oh tube trans bay tube happen See, this um, is why we love emperor Norton. with, yeah. with the, the full force and girth of the u.s army he was he was going to make sure that this trans bay tube girth. fucking happened i think he's not only the the first but the only chad the bay area has ever had yeah and maybe he, ever will have. He, he surely was a chad how many people do you think are going to show up to your funeral? But not as many as Emperor Norton, like 100 max. 10,000 people showed up well, on, on the streets, just cheering, How many clapping, like, Tons. mourning openly. Oh, this yeah. guy was, like, a hero. I'm and he was also the first fucking person to suggest that you should just tunnel underneath the bay. You know, this is kind of weird, and maybe it's not actually relevant, but there's a whole thing about, like, schizophrenia, and, like, there's a weird kind of intelligence you get. Like, you can kind of see the... Not that you can see the future, but, like, you can see patterns kind of, like, push forward in the future. I wonder if there's, like, some insane sense in which Emperor Norton was, like, a weird visionary, you know? He, he, he pierced the veil. He, he pierced the veil. Was, like, yeah. I feel like maybe he did. In 1872, a like, something that goes under the water, that's, like, me saying right now, like, aliens will transport us wherever right. we want. Like, that's and insane. And 100 years from now, who knows? Emperor Norton is, is 
some of the most compelling evidence for time travelers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If, if I got dropped somewhere and I knew just like a little bit about yeah. like my day to day and I was mm-hmm. like, Oh, I took the bark today. And like, yeah. And then like, I got like transported to fucking 1800. Right. Like, yeah. How do I get famous? How do you know? That- I just come up with things that are completely commonplace right. in 2022 yeah. and then start saying them in 1872. <laughs> and then yeah. people, and, and that's just, Old enough, like in in history, right. to not be called a witch, uh-huh. but it's like early yeah. enough that you you planned it out. You've still gotten most of the achievements that you can recognize haven't happened yet. You know, yeah. so technically speaking, we don't know that you're not emperor in order. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. And, oh right? fuck. And that's why the Bay Area space elevator is something that should happen. Yes. Please. I'm <laughs> begging you. I am begging you. Okay, what if someone a hundred years from now listens mm. to like a space elevator mm. is actually done yeah. in San Francisco mm. and they listen to this and they're like, so like Joe is Emperor Emperor Joe. Yeah. Emperor Joe. Emperor Joe. <laughs> Unless you what if you become Emperor Joe now? You're mm-hmm. already Emperor Joe and this podcast is like the point that historians say like <laughs> this is when he became emperor yeah. joe yeah and i i would love for this to be my coming of age moment but i actually i have some stuff to do tomorrow so i don't think I can, oh you're busy i don't think I can are they emperor them. joe activities yeah they're emperor joe activities so anyways emperor norton um is is like in the truest sense a visionary um and, and you know whether or not you can say like his proclamations did nothing um, it, it's unclear, right? Like, sure. I, I, I have, I have no idea if him spouting that into the world actually got into the heads of, of public planners in the 1920s. And those public planners released reports that would go on to affect the, the ones that are written in the forties and fifties. I have no idea, but the, you know, it's, it's really cool that this guy just fucking nailed it. I want to believe. I really um, want to believe. Because he also nailed a prediction about the Bay Bridge, which is equally cool. Yeah. <laughs> so, what was it? We should have one. Oh <laughs> um, so, you know, Why is this guy, he's just, he, he planned it without even meaning to, you know? Yeah. So, or maybe he meant it. It's because he's Joe. Just, yeah. yeah, it was <laughs> exactly. Stop playing coy, dude. So in 1957, the Bay Area Rapid Transit Commission reaches... The same conclusion that Emperor Norton reached in 1872. They concluded as a commission that the most cost-effective solution for the Bay Area's traffic woes would be to form a uh, transit district charged with the construction and operation of a high-speed rapid rail system linking the cities and suburbs um, of nine Bay Area counties. Um, and that includes the design of a Trans Bay 2. Sure. Um, so 1957 to 1962, this is when um, my favorite acronym uh, of this story comes in, the PBTBs. PBTBs. <laughs> the PBTBs. Love it. Um, so the PBTBs were three engineering consultant form, uh, firms. I'm just, sorry, I just imagine like a little baby like, PBTBs. <laughs> Just really cute, like playing with model trains or something. Yeah, yeah. So I think that beats Jitney. Yeah. So there, there were uh, 300 engineers employed by these three engineering consultant firms, uh, Parsons, Brinkerhoff, PB. Uh, they were from New York, um, and then there was Tudor, uh, which was an engineering consultant based out of San Francisco, and Bechtel, which was also based out of San Francisco. I know Bechtel. Oh, I know Parsons. Yeah. Yeah. So they were the main general engineering consultants for the project. Um, and they were abbreviated to PBTB. Um, so their team of 300 engineers in the early concept era of 1957 to 1962, 1962 were their 
designing and, and working toward what's called a, a composite report, um, which was basically like a, a strategic plan to go forward. Um, they, they had about 300 people during this time, but uh, their, their team would eventually balloon to 8,000 engineers and technicians oh. uh, through through about 100 different contractors working on the, the project. Sure. And, and that's, that's insane to think like that. That almost feels like bloated, you know? Th- exactly. Think about I could do it easily. Think, <laughs> think about think about the companies that you might work at and you're like, how many people do we have working on this? Yeah. And think about what another company can do with that same amount of people. Sure. It's, it's insane. Um, and, and also, I just want to take a moment to appreciate this logo. Um, this is the Bay Area uh, Rapid Transit District logo, and it is the sideways Star Trek uh, communicator badge. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I don't know if this came before or after uh, Star I like Trek. I think before. But yeah. I, I think that the uh, original series of Star Trek came after um this logo isn't there a bay area connection because they were hippies right pretty much oh were they i don't know i feel like it was like all because that's why the show was so progressive and everything right oh that makes sense i thought thought the show was progressive because it was just about a bunch of aliens in space yeah yeah you can hardly you can hardly write a regressive space (laughs) science fiction blade runner you can all right fair (laughs) enough um so so these uh Oh, original uh, original series came out in 1966, I guess. So, um, so, so uh, this um, logo was in 1957. So the yeah, Bay Ar- the Bay Area Rapid Transit District logo uh, <laughs> may have influenced the course of Star Trek. And what did it not influence the course of? <laughs> yeah. I'm wondering at this point. So um, basically, the uh, in the 1957 and 1962 period, this is when initial design is happening, but it's also when um, the team is uh, reaching out to, um, you know, the counties that are going to be affected by this, right? So uh, they're they're pulling together um, the 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 customers of this future system, and so they start out with five counties. Um, they start out with San Mateo County, sure, um, which is north of the Golden of Gate the Bridge. Gold, yes, um, isn't, that, isn't that Marin? I thought Mateo no, was oh, south. Oh, no, no, no. Mateo is, are you thinking of San Rafael? Uh, let me just, tons thought, of sands. I know, I thought San Mateo was south, was I south I believe of it's the south of us, right? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, no, 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 you're right, they are south. Um, so yeah, San Mateo is south of San Francisco, but they were one of the original counties that was, right. um, wrapped into, oh wait, let me just Google something real quick, um. <laughs> We're live, you know. I know Fuck we're it, live. We'll do it live. I know Fuck we're it. live. <laughs> As Bill O'Reilly said. Uh, yeah, so so San Mateo County was originally in the, the five uh, uh, counties that were um, asked to participate in the BART, um, and so was Marin County. Um, but uh, San Mateo County basically pulled out for some reason. Um, uh-huh. and, and I don't actually know the specific reason why Marin County pulled out. Um, or, I'm sorry. Sam, I do. They didn't want to get their girl pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I, I don't, I don't recall the exact reason why San Mateo pulled out. It was something about uh, the cost was too high, um, and, and hey, the tax, the tax, there. the taxpayers didn't. <laughs> what? <laughs> pulling out, like supporting a child. Oh is, yeah. And, right, and Paul yeah, has several children. Not that, uh, right. Of yeah. course. No. That Anna does not need to know about. Yeah, of course. I've met them. <laughs> That's when? actually that's that's very chill of you guys. Yeah. Um, so so San Mateo pulls out, um, and, and then uh, Marin County is then asked by Bart to pull out as well because sure. Marin at this point in history does not have enough of a tax base to oh, contribute so money to the project. This whole so time. they were kind of like, hey, if we have to build a 
BART system across the Golden Gate Bridge, this project is never going to fucking happen. Sure. Um, and so Marin gets asked to, you know, get, get out. Get the um, fuck out, yeah. Sure. And they do. Um, and, and so uh, San Francisco County, Alameda County, and Con- Contra Costa County um, voters. Contra Costa County? Oh, Ooh. great question, Paul. Oh, um, I, I'm I, working on a project there. It's like just, it's like probably 30, 40 minutes away. In, in what direction? That one. Right. Gotcha. Okay, sure. So this guy's kind of like Mount Tam, Mount Diablo kind of area. No, Mount Diablo, not Mount Tam. Not Mount Tam. Mount Diablo, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, these three counties, uh, they vote, uh, and they needed a 60% majority to get the um, BART, like, instated. Yeah. Uh, and, and so there's a very tense uh, story at the beginning of this book, BART, the dramatic history. Um, and, and Is that, that what it's called? Uh, yeah, that, that, that's a book that I pulled a lot of this information Bart, from. The dramatic uh, history? Uh, well, what's the title of the book? It's like... Um, <laughs> It's it's some it's uh, uh that 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 uh, what's the title? And we don't need to gra- like write. I mean, it's you know, it's not like that pressing. I just well, it's, it's a, that's it's such a, cool a great thing. title. Bart, the dramatic history of the Bay Area rapid transit system. Nice. Um. So yeah, they uh. Yeah, Marin County gets the boot. Um. Uh, but uh, but. Of, of the three remaining counties that have to get their voters to agree to this, it's SF, Alameda, Contra Costa. Um, they vote 61.2% to pass the oh, resolution. Oh, so, my God. So there was, there was a 60% threshold that they had to hit. And Unwavering then support. 61.2% of people are like, let's spend a fuck ton of money on the first <laughs> the first billion dollar mass transit project that's funded by like a local effort so hell yeah remember when i said 80 percent of the funds for this come from local people yeah 61 percent of the people in this area were like taxes oh. <laughs> um, which is which is honestly really cool right yeah um, well but, the people yeah it's really cool um there's actually at, at the beginning of that book um bart the dramatic history there's a fun anecdote about um, these two guys, B.R. Stokes and Jack Everson, um, and they're sitting, uh, uh, waiting for the votes to come in from this. Um, and, you know, it gets to like 3 a.m. and the votes are coming in and they're counting all the votes from the different counties. And then like, they're like, we did it. You know, we like at 3 a.m. the vote comes in and it's like, we, we did it. We, 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 we've got 61.2%. And then, uh, and then one of the guys is just like, fuck, we have to build it now. <laughs> just, like such like a relatable I feeling. Know. <laughs> people back then were actually real people. Yeah. Um, yeah like that's how Donald Trump was when he won when the first. Like, like shit. Oh my god. <laughs> Didn't expect this to happen. Yes. Um, and, and so uh, th- this vote was on that um, composite uh, report that was co- uh, compiled. So that basically outlined where the lines were going to operate, the basic design. This um, is the army one. Uh, no, 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 sorry. This the composite report was rep- uh, compiled by the PBTVs um, ah, and PBTVs. and the Bay Area Rapid Transit Commission. The Bark. Yeah, uh, the Bartsy. The Bartsy. Um, <laughs> yeah. um, and, and so uh, there are some there are some interesting stories about the rollout of um, you know when they actually start building here, right? Um, for example, a bunch of NIMBYs in Berkeley. Oh, <laughs> yeah. A bunch of NIMBYs in Berkeley, um, they, they basically, they get an estimate from the PBTVs that are, are like, uh, you know, we're, we're going to spend um, some millions of dollars on a mixed aerial underground subway system for you. So aerial is in like an elevated, oh. um, so like on, you know, sure. on, on, the, on the structure. Um, and then they don't hear anything back from the citizens of Berkeley. But it's like, it's like, yeah, sure. 
Um, and, and so they, they assume, they, and they, they submit this report to like several public inquiries, blah, 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 and nobody says anything. And then the, the people of Berkeley, um, you know, the, 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 the engineers are basically like, okay, so we're doing it. <laughs> and, and, and then the, the people of Berkeley, like, um, it, it finally, it like, uh, uh, there's a report that gets released that's basically like, this is the plan going forward. We're doing, we're spending this much money on aerial and subway. And they're like, aerial subways? What the fuck? That's going to be so ugly. And, and they're just like, we will not pay for an like an elevated railroad. That's New York shit. We don't have elevated railroads here. Um, and, and so the, the PVTVs are like, what the fuck? That is the most, um, like, I hate to say it, that's like the most Berkeley thing. Yeah, it is. Now. It's a very Berkeley thing, right? Um, and, and so they, they go back and forth uh, several times, basically just like, we told you. And then they're like, yeah, but it'll be ugly. And then, and then the people... painted. International orange. The, the, the PBTVs are like, well, it'll cost, like, four to five times as much to do an underground subway system to cover the line. And they're like, so? <laughs> um, just find the money. <laughs> and then the PBTVs and the Bay Area Rapid Transit Commission are like, no. <laughs> we can't just find the money. <laughs> um, and so that eventually they kick it back to Berkeley and they give them a 30-day ultimatum, which is like, pay. <laughs> pay for your insane design requests. Or you don't get it. <laughs> and, and so the, the people of Berkeley, like, almost unanimously, like, 80% vote. Like, all right, we still want the BART. We'll pay for the extra cost. Fuck yeah. Um, but it's underground. And then they're Good. like, and then the PBTVs are like, okay, you should have said that <laughs> from the very beginning. These bitches, dude. Um, so, oh, my God. So there, there, there's, a, there's a couple stories like that, that that go around, you know, as implementation of a project this big happens um, sure but i i you know we, we're kind of droning on here and i really want to get to some of the more interesting um aspects of this which to me are the the technical yeah we've been talking a long oh time oh my god it's just been too much fun too much fun <laughs> like uh, over. yeah <laughs> good. Um, good. so yeah. so we're getting into the technical design of um you know what the pvtvs were actually putting together sure. um and so uh what do you think? What do you think of when you think of um, a, tra- a transit system? What What needs to be a part of that system? Rails, Trains. cars, stations. Rails, cars, stations. Maybe like a control, a hub. I assume, right, to mm-hmm. kind of control mm-hmm. the the train. A hub. Uh, uh, Already said station. The only thing that I would say that you're missing about this system in particular um, is. Uh, a giant fucking underwater tube. <laughs> um, sure, so, sure. Yeah. yeah. Rails. All right. That's an interesting place to start. So, uh, the PBTVs recommended an unusual size of railroad okay. for this project. Um, so, fun question. Does anyone know what a standard railroad width is in the United States of like America? The, Four between feet. the two rails? And... Three inches. Eight inches. Eight inches. Very wow, close. that's within five inches. Yeah, I that's, know. that's pretty good. Um, Off the cuff. I so, don't know this information. I just guessed. So a standard a standard rail gauge in the United States is four eight. Um, but the uh, so is my penis. Oh, oh, Hard to buy pants. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, flaccid. It just drags. It's actually a few everywhere. inches flaccid. <laughs> the, the, I was a grower. <laughs> the, uh, the engineers at PVTB, um, they 
keeping comfort in mind. Um, you know, the, the, the BART at this point is being billed as like a luxury kind Ooh. of futuristic rapid transit system. Sure. Um, and so they, they want that to be kind of a, a top priority. So they build it into the design. Um, so they actually go with a wider rail gauge uh, than typical in the United States. They go with five foot six inches. Um, and so, a little bigger than my also, <laughs> yeah, that's my penis. Uh, wow, let's go! <laughs> and it's also the penis size of India and Pakistan, who <laughs> frequently use this railroad gauge as a standard in their oh, countries. Yeah, um, to know. And actually, when you look at the Wikipedia page for rail gauges, um, there's a map that basically shows like where you use, uh, where different countries use rail gauge, and it's like four eight is like the United States and some Ooh. other Western countries, and then. Uh, India, Pakistan, and the Bay Area um, use <laughs> five foot six as a standard gauge. Um, and, and so uh, they they recommended this wider gauge for better stability and smoother riding. So right, like if you think about it, no, like it a, the base is further apart. Right. Um, as you kind of do a side to side movement, you you know it's it's less sturdier. Yeah, yeah it's sturdier. It's Stop stiff. Sides, it can yeah. be easier to design a stiffer structure there. Um, and even when you think about it experientially, you know you guys are from DC, right? We are. Um, I don't know if you've ridden the DC metro system. Many times, many times. I would say comparatively, and maybe this is just me like confirming this fact through a bias. Uh-huh. Uh, I would say that the DC subway system feels like it's a little bit more. How dare you? More wobbly. Uh, it feels more you? wobbly than the BART system. Mm-hmm. Like and, yes, it does, but how dare you? <laughs> so like when when you I've never been threatened with violence on the DC metro. Put it that way. This is a series five thousand. <laughs> um, oh God. Yeah, it's, it's burned to my brain. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that that's uh, that's one interesting aspect of the design of the actual rail cars, right? Or, sure. or, or the, the the rails themselves. Um, the cars are interesting in design because you know at, at the time uh, public transit is like gross uh, for the most part, or it's like Nasty. small and dank, and um, there's not like huge uh, windows on the side, and there's not like it's not automatic. There's an operator and everything, right? right? right. So. Um, this is going to be one of the, the world's first automatic um, rail systems. That's kind of cool. And, and so that is that is a, a first for um, this this metro system. So they have a central control station that um, basically times all of the, the different um, uh, trains. And, and, you know, they um, this is pioneered by Westinghouse. Um, and so this is like one of the first places that this gets rolled out in. If not the first, I can't recall. Um so that's like a major innovation of the the subway system is like the control side of things. And if you think about the control side of things, yeah, it's yeah. fucking hard, right? No, it's yeah. like, I always think about that every so, time I ride a train. So like that means you have to have active control on each um yeah. on each uh, subway system. You have to like have feedback to know where each car is specifically. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so let me in the sixties in the sixties and seventies. Uh, so I mean when when they open up the lines, it's in the seventies. Sure. But, but, but still, yeah, they're designing all this in the sixties. How are they just not? Kidding? everyone on these cars <laughs> it's crazy right so um the uh the when uh, th- there's about twenty eight thousand passengers per hour that go through the transbay tube during jesus. peak transit times oh jesus Twenty eight thousand people. people that is like an oakland coliseum of people <laughs> yeah. every hour they go through uh nine foot diameter i don't oh i should <laughs> i should know that um <laughs> it, it's uh you let's know. say, yeah, five plus, let's say, yeah. a foot and a half on either side, you're good. <laughs> um, oh, sorry. Uh, each tunnel has a bore of 70 feet diameter. But point is, it's it's 28,000 people going through a very small tube. Tiny. Um, mm-hmm. 
And that's like every single hour. So the headway or the amount of time between trains uh, entering and exiting the tunnels um, is like two and a half minutes. So wow, yeah, <laughs> so it feels like nothing, right? And this is all happening fifty fucking years ago. Um, yeah. and, and so it's really cool. Um, there's actually so I don't I, there's a picture of um, one of the trains uh, going off the rails ah. in, in, in Fremont. Um, so they they did a bunch of test uh, deployments of like their control scheme. Um, before they actually like let riders on, um, sure. and, and one oh, of the no. quote Fremont Flyer um, uh, 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 rail cars uh, <laughs> ended up flying off the fucking tracks oh. when they had they, they had to like dial in the control scheme. Oh. But hate to see it. To my knowledge, no one was hurt in that. Um, so Easy it was fine. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, pain is temporary. A functioning uh, bus or uh, train train control system is forever. Exactly. Um, so yeah, the, the automation side of, of things is, is really interesting too, because it's like the first place that they do that. And also the ticketing systems that they're like the first, uh, railway system in the world to, uh, charge you based off of how long your trip was, which means that you've got like smart ticketing, right? Oh, Um, cool. And so like, you know, now you do it with the clipper card and it's easy, but this was all done with like paper tickets back then. Um, and, and so I don't know enough about the technology to say exactly how they did it. But was it, it was, like a human? I mean, you just said you didn't know. But <laughs> no, no, it was an automated terminal. So wow. uh, something, something about punching a ticket. Something about your ticket. Yeah, wow. I, I don't know the specifics of it. The '60s, man. I, I still think of the '60s as almost like World War II era technology. But like, I also think of the '70s as almost like computerized. So yeah, like, yeah. This is kind of the halfway point, I guess. Yeah, no, it's really cool. Um, and, and so the. Uh, Back to the the cars themselves a little bit. Um, you know the the electric uh, the electric traction of the cars um, gets powered by a very unusual uh, electrical output. It's a thousand volt DC current on a third rail. Um, almost no transit systems use that uh, that like standard. So for instance, New York City uses six hundred volt DC overhead. Mm-hmm. Or, I'm sorry, third rail um, because the streetcars in New York um, prior to the subway. They would use 600 volt DC overhead, hmm. so it was easy it's to make that change. Right, yeah. um, DC uses third rail 750 volt DC, um, and they use 750 and like 1500 volt DC because um, in these types of systems, because they're like close to the standard voltages that you use. But a thousand is like a, a very weird standard, um, and I, I couldn't find a whole lot of reasoning behind why the PVTBs actually chose this. Um, but what I did find was. Um, an article that was basically saying like, wow, it's really fucking hard to repair the, <laughs> the BART system because not only do you have a wider rail gauge, you've got a different electrical system than everybody. <laughs> so it's like, not only are your mechanical components hard to source, your electrical components are hard to source. You've designed this innovative new ticketing and control system. So you're the only people that have it. That's hilarious. So, so like basically uh, servicing the BART was kind of a nightmare in the early yeah. days. Um, maybe they just thought they were going to set a new standard. Yeah. Maybe. I, I honestly don't know. Um, but uh, kind of the, uh, you know, the last interesting thing that I, I really want to talk about um, is kind of like the, the more interesting part of the, um, the BART, in my opinion, which is the Transbay tube. Um, so like I said, I used the Transbay tube to get here today. Um, wow. That's so weird. Like, it's not weird, but it's like, mm. it's amazing how everything we're talking about is like so relevant in our lives right now. Oh, I, I forgot to even tell you about, um, 
I looked out my window today and I saw a picture of a mural that was in a Wikipedia article I was reading about the key system. Whoa! <laughs> um, yeah, so... My, uh, That's so weird. Yeah. Uh, actually, I might have just doxed myself, but whatever. Ah! Uh, <laughs> yeah, whatever. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so it, it was... It was uh, I know where to send my mail. To the mailbox. <laughs> yeah. um, to send it to every... Anyway, sorry. <laughs> So, uh, so yeah, it was, it was, like, really, really cool that, like, you know, so much of this story is, like, um, it affects so many people, it's got an interesting history, it's a, got a well-documented history, and it's, like, in your backyard. Yeah. It's, there are very few places, well, I guess there's a lot of places that happens, but you really just gotta look for it, and that's, like, that's what's been so interesting to me about this story so far. Um, but I really want to talk about the underwater tunnel system for the, uh, for the BART. Um... And uh, I don't know if either of you know much about tunneling. Um, no, almost nothing. Uh, slim to none. Slim to none. Okay. Uh, I designed a tunnel boring machine in 2021 with an undergrad team, um, and I know almost nothing about it. So, oh. um, so, <laughs> subject matter right. expert. So I'm basically a subject matter expert. But I do want to tell you about how they built the um, BART system. And so... Um, the Transbay tube, uh, I guess the first thing you think of uh, is how do you even pick a route? Um, and go straight. Just, just go, just go <laughs> straight. Just, right? just go straight. How hard could it so, be? How hard could it be? And that was obviously one of the suggestions. But, you know, all of the other suggestions, right? Um, <laughs> all of the intelligent suggestions. <laughs> all of the intelligent suggestions think about, like, geotechnical data. Right, right. Um, and so, relevant, yeah. so the PVTVs spend a lot of time in the... Uh, 57 to um, 60, like five-ish era, doing geote- geotechnical probing of um, various areas underwater that they want to put this giant fucking tube. Right. Um, and so, uh, you know, this this comes back to the, the classic question, of how do you build a giant fucking tube mm-hmm. underwater in a place that is super prone to earthquakes. You don't. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm noticing a lot of challenges here. So there, there's a lot of things Emperor Norton did not think about. Oh, well, <laughs> um, it's, that's not his job, okay? You like, mean you. I, yeah, 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 yeah. I know. Like, a couple episodes yeah. ago, it was claimed that I was born during the time that the Golden Gate Bridge was built, when that's I was true. actually mm-hmm. born a little bit before that, and now Joe's Emperor Norton... Is this just the time travel history yeah, podcast? Yeah, it the is. The messing with history podcast, <laughs> yeah. maybe? So, so in, uh, in 64 to 65, um, the, the, just the PB part of the PBTVs, um, they, they, drilled, uh, they drilled like 25 boring cores uh, throughout the Bay Area, just like trying to get um, soil data. Um, they found that uh, the soil was uh, primarily um, like the worst kind, which is like, <laughs> like a, a mix of different soils. Um, and, and so that makes it kind of hard to deal with, but the soils that they ended up um, preferring were actually, um, more, or, or uh, I, I guess less stiff. Uh, and I'm not a geotechnical person, so I'm going to absolutely fail on the descriptions of, of geotechnical. I'm, I'm not a geotechnical person. I'm not a geotechnical person. Um, so, uh, Water is geotechnical. It's not really, though. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the... Uh, so the big issue that you get when you do a structure like this um, it is, is going to be settlement. Um, sure. And 
this is again out of my expertise but my basic understanding of settlement is you put a heavy thing on soil and sometimes it just fucking moves around um, yeah. sure. and and that's that's it in in broad strokes right but then you add to that it's underwater um it's it's across uh uh, you know, a, an area that is incredibly pl- prone to earthquakes. And, and so, like, what what do you do to fix that? Um, and, and so, you know, as they're choosing this route, they actually end up choosing um, some of the softer, more flexible places to put this structure. So it because, has, like, deflection? Yeah, so it has deflection hmm. built into it. Um, and, and basically, they say, like, instead of making this rigid thing that we don't expect to, to move, so um, that they make this flexible thing that we're allowing it to flex. And, um, yeah. and, and we're, we're just we're just going to accept the fact that shit's going to move around, but we're going to let it move around in the way that we want it to. That's so funny because Golden Gate Bridge uses the exact the same, same principle. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it turns out it yeah. turns about it turns out flexion is actually like sick and yeah. you should like use it and not just as yeah, don't rigid fight, thing. you know, the exact. Uh, Interesting flexure. Yeah, so, that's why like like bendier trees do well in windstorms. Exactly. Bendier storms because they can yeah. bend and it's it's harder for them to snap and something stiff. So that's also true of people, you know. Like if you're a rigid person, you'll break. Whereas if you're a flexible, loosey goosey person. That's nice, Paul. Like emotionally. <laughs> anyway. So uh, this, getting getting back to this. Uh, 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 let the men speak. <laughs> <laughs> getting back to this geotech multi-foot cocks. <laughs> getting back to this geotechnical um, kind of like de- description of you know the the trans bay tube um, that I mentioned earlier that was by the you know that guy from uh, UC Berkeley. Um, ba- basically, uh, the, the history here is that in Chicago they were trying to tackle basically the same problem um, in the the Chicago subway between 39 and 42. Um, and this soil mechanics pioneer, uh, Professor Carl Terzaghi, um, which you probably have seen equations with his name in it. He's like a very prominent soil mechanics guy. Um, uh, it, seems, it sounds familiar, yeah. Yeah, I'm not a soil mechanics expert by any means, although I have read a bootleg textbook from India. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, Those are the best How we kinds. get our engineering yeah. knowledge. Um, just want to plug civil engineering for everybody dot... I N, I think it was. Um, they had great textbooks about great bootleg textbooks. Yeah, um, so th- this guy reasoned that soft clay that needed to deflect modestly in order to develop pretty uniform stresses around the tunnel um, would kind of prevent like deflection in, in the bad way. Um, and, and so uh, he suggests this to a guy that's like working on the Chicago subway, um, Ralph Peck, and uh, you know. Basically, they, they say that uh, soft clays are kind of the way to go. But the Second World War interrupts their progress on the Chicago subway. Sure. Um, and in the intervening, you know, 23 years between Chicago subway and BART, um, this information was just out there and nobody had any use for it, really. Sure. Um, but then this guy Peck, uh, you know, he becomes hip to the design and he starts um, influencing one of these engineers at, at uh, PB um, to you know, save money by just using these like flexible circular linings designed only for ring stresses and just completely ignore bending and let the clay kind of just handle it. Um, and, and and so like, uh, this guy that's working on the, the BART design, he convinces everyone else that, um, you know, these, these, uh, circular linings that don't have to deal with bending super well they just have to deal with their own self-weight from the the overburden um that these these are the way to go for these tubes uh, and, and so 
you know, they, they would offer kind of greater redundancy and performance if there's an earthquake. And th- there's a lot of benefits to this design. Don't we do that with pressure vessels? Like, I, I'm thinking about just, like, rockets, but it could be, re- I mean, I'm sure water tanks do the same thing, but isn't it, like, the hoop stress? Can't you usually consider that to be 2x the axial generally? So you almost don't worry about axial. You usually just worry about hoop stress with pressure vessels anyway. So I guess maybe not a water tower. But. See, we're getting into the things that... Uh... I don't know. Oh. <laughs> so, it, just, um, it strikes me as so because it's like a tube and it's, sure. I don't know. Could yeah, be, could I, that sounds better. great. <laughs> I, I believe you. Um, so the, these, uh, the, at, the, at the time they're working on, you know, in the, the uh, between 62 and this composite report getting released and, um, you know, the opening of the system in the early 70s, they're working on this design um, and they kind of settle on this design, which is um, 57 interconnected tube segments um, that are installed via something called the immersion, uh, the immersed tube method. Are, are either of you familiar with that? No. no. It's really fucking cool. So they uh, they basically uh, do some amount of like trench digging at the bottom of the, the um, uh, sea. They have to deal, they have to like plan out those excavations incredibly carefully, right? Of um, because, you know, like it's a changing environment with like tides and currents and, and such. So, so cool. Uh, and so they, they plan out these excavations. They, they have to like be thinking about, you know, kind of like a hundred year perspective, like what are people going to want to build around this? So um, in, in Oakland, where they're, they're trying to consider like Oakland's port expanding, they're trying to consider like SF's uh, port expanding, right? And, and so they're, they're just trying to like come up with these fucking hundred year, like, okay, if we design our thing too close to what somebody maybe will want to use later, this how is... will that how will that affect the settlement of our design? And it's just like, that's a moment where you're just like, damn, engineers are cool. I know. Um, <laughs> yeah, just like, and honestly, like, I feel like that's kind of rare, isn't it? You know, people yeah. like, not only taking other people into account, but like taking other people's probably future states into account. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and so these, uh, these 57 prefab sections, um, th- th- this comprises a total of, uh, how many miles the Transbay tube is, but well, it's a good bit of miles. Yeah, it's it's a couple miles. <laughs> um, so they, they've Non-zero got maps. yeah, they've got 57 prefab prefab sections. They build them, they seal them, so they're watertight, um, and then they sink them. Right. And so you would think that they would just fill it with water and then sink it and then pump it out later. Right. But they actually don't want to do that for various reasons, like internal design. They don't want to like expose oh, to corrosion and blah blah blah. Um, they have waterproof joints, so they don't want to like get water, and they're waterproof from one direction and not like the other direction. I'm I'm assuming that I didn't read so that would, anywhere. Wouldn't so wouldn't that mean that it could never spring a leak? Because like if it springs a leak, it's just fucked forever. Um, I don't know the answer there. Um, I, I'm assuming that the I'm assuming it can leak and it's fine. It just like can't the whole thing can't be. Yeah, I'm assuming that like a major. I I don't know enough about the the specific design of the waterproof joints to know, but you know they they are designed with waterproof joints that can flex a little right. bit. And I, I'm assuming some leak rate is acceptable. Sure. I'm assuming they have like a bilge bump or something that Definitely. just fucking sucks out whatever. Most but I, I I don't know. <laughs> if, if I was good at my job, I would have researched <laughs> all of that. But instead, I'm just wildly gesticulating. That's and, why you belong here. Yeah. Um, Sorry, let me just clarify something. So. The it's filled with air, it's sealed, yeah. and then it's sunk using external weights, which are then removed. Yeah, so they poured a fuck ton of gravel on it. 
Wow. Um, oh, wow. And, okay. and my, my guess is that they used gravel because they were already going to need gravel sure. down at the bottom. Of course. Um, so th- this uh, immersed tube uh, technique, um, basically you, you dig a trench, you put your prefab thing in, and then you cover it up with... It's pipe bedding or bedding. Yeah, you bed, yeah bedding. Um, and, and so you, you put... Um, they call it rock armor, um, and, and oh, so it, it's sick. But but like it sounds like we call it rock armor. It sounds like the same. It sounds like the same, the same thing, right? It's, it's same like thing. the metal version. Yeah. So th- there there are, <laughs> there are two types of immersed tube constructions. One is um, you, you build a trench and then you have like it essentially open with some gravel on top, mm-hmm. um, and that's the, your rock armor. And then there's another one where you actually like backfill in and um, you know you kind of uh, return the the soil to like its initial condition um and and the one with rock armor which is like actually closer to the surface is worse for like boat strikes and like anchor strikes right so like imagine a boat just drops a fucking 20 ton anchor or something on directly on top of the part yeah (laughs) you know like that would be bad (laughs) it's just you're just riding to like work and all of a sudden just an anchor right in front of you but the good engineers at the pvtb figured out that you know whatever um is is fine (laughs) so as as i go home tonight don't think about it too hard when you're i I will i will not be too worried about it um so yeah they 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 uh they float these Precast or uh, prefab sections out, um, which basically look like binoculars if you look at them. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so uh, I had a picture. Yeah, so they look like binoculars. Um, the tube sections are consist uh, consist of a concrete liner, a steel shell that like uh, kind of goes around the outside. Um, there's tracks in each of like the eye holes of the um, tunnel section. Sure. And then there's um, uh, some ventilation um, in the center of the binoculars because you don't want to suffocate people. Um, and then my understanding is that there's some uh, access um, path that goes through the center. Um, and I don't know exactly how that works, but I guess it makes sense, right? Like sure. you don't want to strand a train at the bottom of be the bay and then have shit, no way for yeah. people to get out. So I believe this is like, um, uh, you know, kind of towards the inner eye section of the binoculars. There's uh, like a man uh, platform that you can kind of get into the the center part. Uh, this is all just kind of squeeze. This is all guesswork by me, by the way. I don't know if that's what it's for. I just read one line that kind of made me think that. <laughs> can, I, can I ask you to engage in a little more guesswork? Yes. So like when they're dropping this to the bottom of the ocean, like I'm almost imagining like a bunch of submarines and like dudes in diver gear, you know, like. What, what, like physically, how are they doing this? Yeah, so they drop them into place and then. Uh, I read something about that, but basically, yeah, you, you've got to have people like down there to, to, sure. you know, fit, fit it up. Um, you know, the, the waterproof joint design, you got to like, yeah. uh, install some amount of, of connections. Uh, I don't know exactly what the connections were. I'm assuming there's like 80,000 gaskets or something, or it's just like a flange with like really fucking high torque like bolts or something or maybe it's welded i have no fucking idea i I did not research nearly enough about the specific design of the joints um but what i will say is that they work the only joint (laughs) that i know is what anna does when she rolls fat oh hey oh wow um (laughs) so anyways (laughs) 
I'm mentally checked out now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we've been going on a long time here. Um, but I will say that uh, that is like my favorite part of the kind of whole project here. Yeah, that's is, dope. Um, the fact that they, you know, they, they like basically sunk fucking giant tube sections just, just to down. the bottom of the yeah. bay. Boom. They were like, we're going for like the softest soil there. And then they just covered it up with gravel and then they connected it all up. They did a bunch of checks on it to make sure it was okay. They opened it up to the public to walk through before oh, the train what? before the trains got Whoa. installed. So in, in the period of like I forget when in the seventies, but they basically just opened it up and they were like, if you want to walk or jog or bike through here, you can do it. I would walk river through there. I don't know. I would do it. Fuck so it. like a number of people did that, um, and which like. That would be so That'd cool. Be so that good. would be yeah. so cool. They did the same thing with Golden Gate, actually, for like a week. Really? Yeah, before oh, it opened. Um, and, and so, you know, now um, there's a, a fully established uh, rail system that goes through there every day. Most of the lines that are in the BART go through the Transbay tube. Mm. Um, and, and so, yeah, to me, that's just like a really cool project. Um, I did promise that I would talk about one more thing, um, which is Harold Wilson, uh, who kind of championed the cause of like the disabled with the oh, um, yeah. with yeah. the the subway system. So basically, the the story there is he was like a coal miner that got his back like blown out by oh. some slate that was just like you know terrible mining terrible accident or whatever. Um, and, and so everyone is really excited in the he, he moves to the bay at some point, and then everyone's really excited about this project that's coming to the area that's like hey, yeah, you're going to be able to go from Oakland to San Francisco, and it's going to be really quick, and it's going to be cheap, and you can just hop on and hop off. And he's like, well, hold on a minute. I can't hop on and hop off. Um, and, and so um, he, he basically he volunteers his service as a volunteer advisor to the, uh, the Bay Area Rapid Transit Council, and he's just, like, super fucking friendly. And that is, like, his... His oh, political his political method is being wholesome. That's <laughs> so, I love it. So he he starts off just by like introducing himself to like um uh people that like he kind of vaguely knows that are on the council and he's like, Hey, uh a lot of people are gonna be affected by the decisions that you make, like the design decisions that you make in, in this project. Um and the, he gets like, you know, not not that much pushback but he just very slowly kind of infects the council he he slowly infects the council with the wholesomeness and so at this point uh the bay area rapid transit council is under no obligation to listen to this guy um the americans with disabilities act comes out in the late i'm sorry early early 90s um 90s so nothing has to be ada compliant They're, they're just doing it um and, and so like the 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 bart uh signs on for all this extra cost and complexity um and it's basically for 4% of the population that would actually be using this. Sure. So 4% of people um, have reduced mobility and would not be able to use the BART if they didn't make it ADA compliant. Um, and so basically this Harold Wilson guy just like smiled his way into cha- like changing the... In- yeah, just <laughs> like completely out of like the, the, the sheer goodness of his heart. He just like convinced all these people to spend a lot of extra money for no clear right. capital benefit and and like just an absolute fucking g oh, um, so, so we love we love uh, we love our kings and queens yes we support our kings on the engineering history podcast so he he got the honor of being the first disabled person to ride the oh, um, that's awesome to ride the barrier rapid transit which him. is really cool 
Um, so yeah, in closing, um, this was a bit of a jumbled history of like a no, lot of things. Oh, I loved it. But it was really fucking fun. I'm glad yeah. you guys invited me. Um, I'm I glad think we had you over. Yeah. Fuck too. cars. That's what I'm taking away <laughs> from this. Cars. And and I'm also taking away that like just being a good person and being nice to people you can convince people to be better than they were going to be otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's a very wholesome, like, closing message. Because yeah. <laughs> um, in the beginning of the podcast, it was like, wow, the petroleum companies were yeah. just what a fucked everyone. Fuck. Yeah. And, and, and also, it was like the Franciscan missionaries just <laughs> fucked the Ohlone people. And then at the end of it, you get Harold Wilson, who's yeah. just a Coming really in, nice guy you know, who just, like, can convince people to listen to him. And, you know, it's like, it's pretty cool. That's yeah. humanity, man. Fire and ice. Life oh, yeah. Death, you know? Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening. This has been another episode of the Engineering History Podcast. Thanks again, Joe, for coming through. Cheers. Cheers. See you next time.